0: Good morning, everyone. My name is Nathan. I'm one of the pastors here at North Church. Just want to welcome you for joining uh, us today uh, for our services online. And from our studio to your home, uh, we're glad that you're here with us. And today's a very special Sunday because today marks the beginning of what's called Passion Week. And today is what is Palm Sunday. And it marks the first day of Jesus's final week of his ministry. So today is a a neat day to celebrate together. It's one of the most significant events in the Bible. There are only eight events in the Bible that all four gospel writers each wrote about. In Palm Sunday, Jesus' entry into Jerusalem is one of those events. So it is a very significant moment in Jesus' ministry. So we're going to look at uh, this scripture Uh, found in Matthew, although each writer wrote about it. And we're going to digest it a little bit and see how can we apply that to us today. So let's begin. We're going to jump into Matthew 21, uh, starting in verse 1. And if you have your Bible uh, with you, please open it there. If you're on your computer or phone, there is a Bible tab you can click on, and you can follow along as well there's also a notes tab that you could jot some notes down uh, as uh, we look at this together. And uh, be engaged in the chat throughout this talk that, you know, if God puts something on your heart, feel free to, to chat about it. And, and uh, we're hoping that it's engaging uh, for, for you where you're at. So let's begin Matthew chapter 21. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, "'Go to the village ahead of you, "'and at once you will find a donkey tied there, "'with her colt by her. "'Untie them and bring them to me. "'If anyone says anything to you, "'say that the Lord needs them, "'and he will send them right away. "'This took place to fulfill "'what was spoken through the prophets. "'Say to daughter Zion, "'See, your king comes to you, "'gentle and riding on a donkey, "'and on the colt the fall of a donkey. "'The disciples went and did "'as Jesus had instructed them.' They brought uh, the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from trees and spread them on the road. The crowd that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus. What an amazing passage that is to, to see Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And you know what? On this Palm Sunday, uh, while there were large crowds uh, here in the scripture, on this Palm Sunday, there won't be any large crowds, will there? And there won't be people celebrating in the streets. And there won't be people gathered in a building, in a church, in order to rejoice uh, Jesus' uh, on this Palm Sunday. But you know what? When we look at this, Jesus never came for the crowd. And Jesus never came for a crown. Jesus came so that he could save those who were lost. And so while we don't get the type of rejoicing we see here, we can rejoice in our homes. We can rejoice in our own hearts that Jesus has come and he is here with us and he's come to save you and me. So as we look through this, I'm going to make it super elementary for us, all right? So I'm going to use the acrostic palm, and we're going to look at P-A-L-M and what that means in this scripture. So on your notes tab there, you can just jot down P-A-L-M, and we're going to kind of fill that out. Before we jump into the P, I just want to set the setting of what's taking place here. So the setting is Jerusalem. And Jerusalem, a part of Jerusalem is this big white building, this temple. And this temple was like the heartbeat of the city. It it represented the heart of the people. And about a hundred years previous, Rome had come in and conquered um, all of Jerusalem. And so there was a lot of animosity. There was a lot of tension because Rome had come in and set up a lot of different things and people weren't able to function like they want to. And this time is around uh, 33 AD. And you know what took place is this was the week uh, of Passover. And so every single person from all over was traveling and uh, taking this journey to go to Jerusalem so they could celebrate Passover week. And massive crowds, I mean thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people, would have ascended upon this city city to celebrate Passover. The feel would be electric. There would be hustling and bustling and all kinds of things would be taking place. And about a week previous to this event, Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead. And so people probably were stirring and talking amongst themselves, knowing that this person, Jesus, was going to come to Jerusalem for Passover week. So there would have been lots of chatter and talking and excitement that here comes Jesus. They all thought that could this be our Savior, thinking that maybe this Jesus would be the one who would deliver us from Rome that he would conquer Rome and we would be set free under the oppression of the Roman Empire. And this is what people were kind of humming and bustling about at the time. So let's look at that first letter P. P stands for promise of God fulfilled. Promise of God fulfilled. And you know, every prophecy that we, uh, uh, in the Old Testament uh, uh, of Jesus is also a revelation about who Jesus is. And so when God is uh, talking and there's these prophecies, um, he's communicating also who he is and what he is going to do. And Zechariah said, behold, your king is coming. And so we, what we see here is Jesus says, disciples, go and get this donkey, this fresh donkey that I might ride in on, because he wanted to fulfill this prophecy about who he is, that he is our true and rightful king. And so when he says to go and do that, um, uh, the disciples, they they go and, and do that. And wouldn't that would kind of be like today if, a, you know, the pastor needed, let's say, a brand new Harley Davidson, right? And he asked, you know, one of the members to go down and get a brand new Harley Davidson and says, and if they ask you why you're taking it from the dealership, just say, the pastor is in need of it and they will let you have it. And then here he comes in and rides in on this like freshly never ridden donkey. And it's this prophecy fulfilled. And as he comes over this hill, he sees the city, and then people start flooding around him. And you know what? Just thinking about how we apply this, that God's promise is fulfilled, all his promises are always fulfilled. You know, 2 Corinthians 1.20 says that all of God's promises are yes and amen. And you know, during this time right now that we're at home on Palm Sunday, rejoicing in our own hearts and homes, sometimes we uh, need to be reminded that not only this promise, but all of God's promises to us are fulfilled. They are yes and they are amen. Sometimes we just need a promise of God to cling to. The promise of God is what lets us know we're going to make it through it and that he is with us. You know, I think of some of the other promises that we see in scripture, like God works everything around for his good. Or another one is, if God is for us, who can be against us? And as you think about this current climate, our time we're in right now, there's so much fear, and there's so much unknowing. And what we ought to do is cling to the promises of God, that they are always a yes and amen. God says that, you know, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. It is in his very nature that he cannot go back on his word, and that if his promises to us, is that God is with us. He is Emmanuel. He is for his people, and he has come to his people in this scripture, and he comes to you where you're at in your home, that he is for you, and he is with you, and if he is for you, who can be Against you, So you know what? Whatever you're going through today, the first message of Palm Sunday is that it, God in Jesus is a promise fulfilled and that he has promises for you as well. All right. So let's uh, go on to the letter A. So P was promise of God fulfilled, and A is the arrival of a king. So you can jot that down, the arrival of a king. And as Jesus came over the Mount Olives, he came from the east side of the city. And thousands of people were joining him on this journey, and they were laying down the palm branches and putting down their cloaks and whatnot. And it says that the whole city was moved and stirred, like there was a lot of people joining in on this fanfare as as Jesus rode in and but also what we see here is that Jesus arrival is also in direct contrast to another uh, procession that was taking place. And on this same day that Jesus came in, he was very specific about when he rode into Jerusalem. Because on this same day, also Pontius Pilate had a procession of himself coming in to Jerusalem. But he came from the west side of the city. He came from Caesarea, and so more of the coastal region. He was also coming in on the same day. So these two processions were taking place At the same time, Jesus was very specific about when he arrived. And when Jesus comes into our life, and when we invite him in, there's going to be a direct contrast to the kingdom of this world and the kingdom in which he is a part of and sets up. That Pilate's procession came in with a chariot and a full army, when Jesus came in on a lowly donkey with his ragtag band of of disciples. And that we see there's this two uh, contrasting processions taking place that's Jesus coming in gentle and humble on his donkey with this new mindset of what kingdom mentality is and what God's kingdom is. Yet here comes Pontius Pilate with what the uh, worldly kingdom would be of riches and fame and power. And when Jesus comes into our life, there's a direct contrast to the kingdom of this world. And maybe you felt that even during this time of, of uncertainty, that some of you may have lost jobs, some of you may be worrying about the, the current stock market right now, or these thoughts that plague our mind about finances, of, or the thoughts that plague our mind about all sorts of different things, that we must remain in, in the kingdom that Jesus established. That we want to live lives that stand in contrast to what the kingdom of this world is. Because Jesus comes and it's important for us to stop and ask ourselves: okay, during this time, what procession are we a part of? Are we a part of the procession of Jesus and celebrating who he is? Or are we worrying so much about the earthly kingdoms that we set up all around us and in our mind? Is there a clear distinction in the way that I'm living my life. How does that play out with how do we talk to our kids? How do we treat our spouse during quarantine? There's, uh, there's so much, could be so much uh, fighting and this and that and all these things. Like, how do we go about that? Um, we must be people, a part of the kingdom of God, that we, we live in those principles and who he is that stand in contrast to the kingdom of this world. All right, let's move on. The letter L. So we had P, A, now L, which is Lamb of God. Lamb of God, you can write that down. So the timing in which Jesus came in was not random. Uh, This week was on the 10th day before Passover. And and during this time, every Jewish family member would have selected the lamb before they slaughtered it that they wanted to use. uh, and, and keep it in their home on the 10th day for a period of inspection, because what they wanted was like the best lamb, the perfect lamb that they would slaughter during Passover. And this was kind of like draft day for lambs, you know, that, um, you know, each lamb showed off all their perfection and who they were. And, and it was like draft day where you pick the, the best lamb. Who's the best lamb? But you know what? These lambs had a short career which is kind of a bummer. You know, they only had a few days and then, but it was an epic victory in the end. But then they would slaughter their lamb during Passover. And Jesus was purposeful about coming in on the 10th day of the month. He would represent the ultimate Passover lamb that he would be crucified for us. And so what happened was if we go all the way back to Exodus, Pharaoh, when God, you know, through Moses said, let my people go. And Pharaoh was like, no, I don't want to do that. Then uh, God sent 10 plagues upon Egypt. And on the 10th the plague, was he's, uh, God said that every firstborn child would be killed. But he said, except those who slaughter a male lamb, and you take the blood of the lamb and paint it over the doorpost. Then on the day, on the day of, uh, of Passover, when the Spirit of God comes through and sees the, the blood over the doorpost, God would pass over the home And no one would die. And so, this is what the people did. And so, this is where they get that term pass. Over And so when, when uh, Jesus comes in, he is understood that Jesus is our Passover lamb. That when we accept Jesus into our heart and our life, what God does is he passes over our sin and he, he, he forgives us and he sets us free from that. That Jesus is our lamb of God. He is our Passover lamb and we can celebrate in that. And if you have never accepted Jesus into your heart, I want you to know that all you have to do It's confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart and that you will be saved. God will pass over your sin and you will have eternal salvation and spend eternity in heaven with him. All right, the last letter, M. M stands for Messiah Misunderstood. Messiah Misunderstood. Now, this whole crowd was shouting and, and chanting, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And they were actually chanting uh, uh, something from the book of Psalms. They, they knew what they were chanting. They were saying, which Hosanna means save now. They were saying, save us now. You are the Messiah. You are Jesus coming to save us now. But the problem was, is while they were chanting that, that the kind of Messiah that they thought Jesus would be is who he was not. They were thinking that Jesus was gonna save them from Roman domination. They thought that Jesus would deliver them from Rome. Yet, this is um, not how Jesus came. Jesus had come to bring salvation to us. Jesus had come to um, not deliver them from Rome, but to deliver them from their spiritual sin and depravity. Jesus came to set the world free from sin and to know God. He did not come to set Israel free from Rome. And so he was misunderstood as a Messiah. And this is why Luke records this when he comes uh, over the Mount of Olives and sees the city of Jerusalem before he enters in on Luke 19, verse 41. It says, as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. And he said, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. That these people didn't know why he was there. That He was trying to bring peace to their soul, not to their circumstance. Jesus wants to save us from sin and bring us righteousness. Jesus wants to save us from fear and bring us peace. Jesus wants to uh, save us from emptiness and bring us fulfillment. Jesus came on Palm Sunday, not to save from political or national depravity in which these people were facing. And man's primary need has always been spiritual, uh, not political, not uh, cultural or national salvation. And so even as people waved their palms and they laid their cloaks down, they missed the true reason of Jesus' presence on Palm Sunday. They could neither see it nor understand the cross and what that meant. Jesus came to save people from their spiritual depravity. And even though we cannot gather, and even though our story right now looks different from this, Jesus is God with us, and He has come to be our Savior. And you know, amongst our own uncertainty right now, our first response might be, Lord, save us from our circumstances. Save us from the the craziness that's going around politically or culturally, nationally with this virus. Save us from our own circumstances. And we might miss the fact that Jesus came on Palm Sunday and that he comes to us, not necessarily to save us from our circumstances, but to save us from our sin, and to bring us hope and love and joy. One day Jesus will return, and on that day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. But that day is not today. I hope that's soon. But right now what Jesus offers us is peace to our soul. That he has come and he is our savior. And that is something far more that we can rejoice in than God bringing deliverance from our circumstances. Even though I hope that takes place. But I'm so much more overjoyed this Sunday that you know what, my soul is at peace in the midst of chaos. That my soul um, is um, at peace in the midst of uncertainty. So what is it that God might wanna do in your home during this season? Where might you be misunderstanding who Jesus represents to you even on this day, Palm Sunday? Where is it that you're hurting spiritually and that God can bring fulfillment to today? We can rejoice knowing Jesus is here. He is with you, he loves you, and may wanna do something that you did not anticipate or expect during this time, during your stay at home. But you know what? we have a reason to rejoice today in your own home because Jesus has come. He has come to his people. He is with us. He is our peace. He is our hope. And he is our savior. Let's pray together. God, we just thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Thank you for who you are. Lord, we pray that we might experience the peace and joy that comes through knowing you. Lord, while our circumstances might be crazy right now, God, we know that you have come to bring us hope and peace. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, as we celebrate and rejoice you this week, Lord. And for those of you who have never, never maybe placed your trust in Jesus before, and you wanna ask and invite him into your own heart, you can do that from your home and your living room. If you would just pray this prayer after me. Jesus, I ask that you forgive me. Forgive me of my sin. Deliver me from my own spiritual depravity. I uh, uh, believe in you, and I ask and invite you into my heart. Would you be the Lord and Savior of my life? I want to follow you all the days of my life. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer, I want you to know that you have the peace and assurance of Christ with you this week. Uh, We uh, just love you guys. We're praying for you. Have a wonderful Sunday. I appreciate you. God bless. We'll see you next week.